And here we are, y'all. Welcome to the first episode of How We Bounce Back. Looking at what we got here, this is not the most sophisticated studio set. This curtain doesn't even extend all the way. We got a couch back here. We're recording this straight out of me and Rosemary's apartment, but it is what it is. We're working with what we got. Anyhow, we're ready to give you all fun and meaningful conversation on overcoming adversity and ensuring that you are not alone when the, you think the world is crumbling around you. We're all here to reach out to each other ensure that we maintain the most happiness in our day-to-day -day lives. And our very first guest tonight knows exactly what it's like to ride that roller coaster ride of life and not let any of this BS phase him. He currently resides in North Virginia. He's a co-owner and athletic performance trainer at C4 Explosive Training. He's a former NFL player for the Houston, Texas, and New Orleans States. He can freestyle like Kendrick, give you the people's elbow like The Rock. He got them dance moves like Devin Edwards. He's the husband of Colleen Brown. He's Woodbridge's hometown hero, and he is my best friend for the last 20 years. He's the one and only Austin Brown. Hey. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Well, that was an intro, my man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> How you doing, man? How you doing, brother? I'm glad, glad you come hey. to the show. Thank you for coming to the season premiere, bro. Hey, I'm happy. My wife gave me my honeydew list, and I got it done today, so I was able to do this. You know what I'm saying? Nah, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, me. I mean, we're redoing the house. She had me doing everything, man. It's crazy, man, crazy yeah. out here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when, like, while you're talking about Colleen, now I'm sure a lot of people know you and Colleen just bought a new house last month. Congratulations! And and absolutely. you know, you all took advantage of uh, you know, the housing market during this crazy year. How are you and Colleen selling into the new crib? Bro, right now we're doing a lot. It's it's a huge transition. So we moved from a two bedroom apartment, and then we have. A beautiful home here in Bristol, Virginia. Um, it, it's a better commute for me for work, and she's working at home, so that's why we made that move. And also, you know, planning on raising a family in this area, and once we get to that point, but um, the housing, it, we saw probably about 50 houses, and it was right. just a competitive market, and it was a seller's market that during, during COVID, but like rates were really good. So we hopped on one, and fortunately, like we were so fortunate, right? Um, to one, I mean, for me getting hurt playing in the NFL, I was able to save a bunch of money, right? So Amen. we were yeah, very, yeah. very fortunate enough to, to, uh, to go ahead and we kind of skipped our first house. We were able to get kind of like our, our, I guess our second house just the first time because of that. But um, yeah, very blessed. And God definitely, you know, helped us out with this one. And the boys helped me move in, like, uh, I heard. Brian Bartlett. Yeah. Kelvin, yeah, yeah. all the, they came down, uh, helped me move in, and made it easier on you know Colleen and I, and it was it was really good, really good. Amen, blessing, bro. That that's amazing. Congrats, yo. That is a you know that's a that's probably the biggest accomplishment as we can have as human beings, bro. Like you know, not only finding the love of our lives, but it's just putting a roof over our head, right? You know, that's this and house. And it's legit like building building a world together, right? You build yeah. a world with, mm -hmm. with your wife. And it's it's mm -hmm. dude, oh my goodness, super blessed. So. absolutely, bro. I, I hope uh me and Rosemary's invitation does not get lost in the mail, bro. Like we <laughs> we wanna be there. You know, I wanna be there for every single moment of milestones in your lives. Like we're gonna come over Christmas break. So just don't forget about us little people out here in LA, all right? <laughs> no, you always have a room here, brother. You and Rosemary both. You guys know that. Anytime you need to shack up or, you know. <laughs> y'all can God stay bless. anywhere. 
It's not the master. Y'all can stay with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we'll set a 10 up out in the yard because I saw Colleen post the other day on Instagram. You're very good at gardening work. So as long as that grass got to feel like Bermuda, we can set a 10 up there. It's going to be feel like carpet. We're good. We'll be out there. There is nothing more satisfying than when you're the homeowner and you mow your, lawn, you mow your grass or, or your lawn. And you right. It. It's, like, it's like getting a haircut. But for you, right, 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 it, it right. Is, it is the most satisfying thing in the world. I and it, I love doing it. And it, you know, whatever she gives me, I do. So, yeah, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Um, you know, I want to ask, like, with us being in COVID, and like, you know, I know you're a PE teacher at Saunders Middle School. Been a, obviously a challenging thing in 2020, trying to work with, you know, what's allowed, what's not allowed. There's just so many restrictions. It's all about being safe. Totally get it, right? But, you know, Absolutely. being a PE teacher, you know, for a middle school, you're, you're, you're fostering the next generation. You know, can you describe what virtual teaching is like? And, like, and like and as a follow-up question, are these kids really paying attention in class? <laughs> you know, it's a little bit of both. And uh, the first day of class, we're on Zoom calls. I got, like, you know, 40 kids on a Zoom call in the PE class. I'm sitting there like, what am I supposed to do? But uh, you, you make the best of your situation. And that's what I told the kids. I'm like, you're responsible for your learning. Like, I will yeah. give you the tools in order for you to gain as much as you can from our curriculum and from me. But you're really responsible for your own learning. And, I'm, and some of them took it to heart. And they were like, yeah, he's right. He's right. And the other ones, you know, you just kind of were just like, uh, I'm just going to go play Xbox. But like, you can't, I can't do anything about it. So, yeah. But Only the way I teach, I teach with a lot of energy. And the reason I got into teaching is because I, I don't like making things about me. I hate it. Like <laughs> maybe like when we're all like hanging out and like partying, I love to be like, you know, uh, outgoing and center of attention sometimes, but day to day, I love just giving everything that I've learned throughout my life and just giving it to people, right. Teaching yeah. them lessons or giving them some type of information that I've learned in college or, or, or in a professional development or something like that. So I just told the kids, man, like it is your job. You're responsible for your own learning. And it, you're going to make the best of your situation or you're not going to take advantage of this right now. So yeah. they have all the resources in the world. They have Google right, right, to the, right to the other screen, right? They can minimize one screen. They, any quiz they take, anything, they have the resources to figure out how to problem solve and just, just wiggle around some of the things that they couldn't do face to face. So there's no, there's no excuses for, for them. So, and yeah. tenfold, right? So I have kids, they're, uh, I like, uh, teach special ed. I teach uh, kids that are ESOL. So their second language is English. I teach kids that are hearing impaired. So I got to add subtitles to the bottom of my Zoom calls. It is just state things you don't think about uh, teaching wise, <laughs> like just face to face, usually like with the ESOL student, buddy them up with somebody who's bilingual and can speak uh, their language, whether it's Urdu or, or, or Spanish, or this year, like I got a kid who speaks Russian, and I'm like, I have no idea what to do. But like going on Google Translate and type in everything that I need from him. Oh, for the, Lord. The I know, and I translate it to, to Russian, and then I, you know, I just, I, you, you find a way. You find a way to get it done, and once again, it's about the kids, right? Get, you want to give them as much tools as they can to be successful. And Amen. if this is our new normal, you're going to have to, you're going to sink or swim. And we want all yeah. these kids to swim. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you give the, you get, you give them as a, like, I'm not saying you're the parents for all of these kids, but you, 
you give them the options of you give them their you know these are your options to succeed you know i'm not gonna force you to go that way right it's up to you to decide to go that way and that's the way you know you like because like as humans we're wired to rebel you know and that like as parents like we're not parents yet and like you know someday we will be but like you know uh we're wired to rebel and like the fact that you pose it out there as like hey like this is the tools you got these are the resources you got i you it's all here we're working with what we got i don't you know I, like it's covid like i don't know like how mm-hmm. it's going to work right now but i'm doing the best you can so it's up to you to move forward to succeed and if you don't then that's your that's your prerogative you know and i and like I, and if you don't it, and i'm sure as a teacher like if someone's falling back you're going to give more attention to carry that person but that that's Absolutely. so meaningful bro like you don't we can't force it but like that that's the thing it's like when you force it upon someone their instinct is to rebel and like that's yeah, why it's yeah and literally go against the grain right i mean yeah. you look at everybody who i mean look at our like our our, our pop culture kind of icons right you look at people, yeah like, like people who are on these reality tv shows that everybody's watching it's like these are all people that go kind of go against the grain right they're different and what makes them different gets them these like the yeah. shout outs the fan games all that stuff right so now i always i try to do enough to keep the kids engaged like so the other day we did a uh my eighth graders we did a boxing class like sequences and steps and things like that so i kind of just i want them to stay engaged so i want to do like things that they think is cool like not just the old boring kind of way uh that, that some teachers do and they lose interest of the kids but Get these kids to move while we're doing our active portion of the class and getting teaching them how to i mean bend themselves if they need it i mean you never know it's but, a big uh, thing yeah just teaching them the different punches and how to guard their face and they were doing push-ups in between it was really really cool and a lot of the, the kids that think they're too cool for school were like man this is kind of cool i'm gonna i'm gonna participate right so yeah and like they're turning their cameras on for right they're so like we're having a struggle where they're not turning on their cameras and you can't make a kid turn his camera on but like if you start doing things that are i don't know they 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 get to them and they they enjoy being in the class they're gonna want to participate they're gonna want to be there so that's that's kind of virtual pe in a nutshell <laughs> yeah and i'm not sure it's gonna develop over time bro like you know it's gonna be a hybrid models like yeah so we're all learning. It's a very uncertain like period of like policy and like, you know, process. So, you know, gotta be the patient. Is like, make it till you make it, right? Act like you know what you're doing. There, right. absolutely, yeah, yeah, know, right? oh. yeah, yeah. It, it's different with middle school kids. I'm sure if you had high school kids, they, they kind of like have their shaped mind on like where their long-term, uh, like, you know, life plans are gonna go. But middle school kids, you know, they're kind of just like, yeah you know so do you have a great challenge on your hand bro and that's that's a blessing you know to take on yeah the like kids that are like in their quote-unquote terrible teens everybody you know so like a props to you bro like amen um you know switching gears uh i know it's all the guys favorite time of the 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 football year it's nfl is in full swing you know most of our significant others especially rosemary she's i mean she's not even here in this living room right now but they hate it they hate it when we bring the nfl games onto our tv for seven eight hours red zone every sunday but rosemary calls me a potato 
But it is what it is. We love football, right? We love, and I know Austin loves football. Everyone loves football. You know, a lot of guys love football. You know, some, some girls like football. We love football. I want to ask you, A.B., how does Colleen treat NFL Sundays at home with you? <laughs> she hates them, bro. She hates them so much. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I talked with you earlier about this list, right? I tell yeah. you, look, hey, babe, give me a list of things you need me to get done. And I will get right. them done before one o'clock. And once oh, one o'clock starts, okay, okay. Two o'clock, so about eight at night. Bro, we ain't doing nothing. We watching football. Right. We're watching football and we're watching our fantasy scores. And that's just kind of it happens from September, October, November, and like the first week of December. That's what happened. Like, but uh no, she's she's grown to uh so I won one of my big money leagues, right? I'm sounding like a cliche, you know, fantasy. Oh, in my other league. But uh <laughs> I won <laughs> other leagues and all that money come in and she's and it was so funny because all this was like last year this was last year she was like right when i lost she's like why'd you lose and then when i won she said oh we won so this whole we thing versus you so like i would <laughs> lose but then we all of a sudden it turned into we and i'm like we we who like we when there's we. an incentive the the ladies pay attention we. yeah i hear you bro <laughs> we. <laughs> are we in France? Like, yeah. we? <laughs> like nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as I'm not wasting my money, if I, you know, that's what she. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, she's there, there, cool. there'll be a way. Hey, man, one, one day we'll we'll teach our, you know, your wife and my fiance. We'll teach them how to play Madden, and they'll start. <laughs> once they start to get familiar who the players are, maybe they'll get into it. But uh, I mean, as long. The thing is, what you said is most important. You compromise, kind of like what Coach Taylor and Tammy Taylor said in the season finale <laughs> of Friday Night Lights, right? They use, it's one thing about a marriage is compromise. You make sure everything Absolutely. gets done at a certain time. So, you know, we all have our weekly goals and to-do lists, yeah. right? And so you got it done. Yeah, so it's my turn to relax and sit back on the couch like this, you know, and like, hey, football time. Seven eight hours is not compared to all the other hours in the week. So amen That's to that, right. bro. Yeah, like I went golf this morning, like before she woke up. So it was great. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> Got absolutely. Nine, whole, seven yeah. a.m. eight thirty, and then it's not done. taking out of the time because they're sleeping. Yeah, uh, Rosemary, you're out here about to hit me with a broomstick real quick. But anyways, uh, bro. <laughs> exactly. All the time. All the time. Um, I have, you know, I do want to ask too. You're annoyingly, bro, a fancy football guru. You're always in the finals or the semifinals in our fantasy football league every year since 2014. So I'll I'll stop piping them up. Like it's facts, but you know it is what it is. Uh, how are you? You know, like how are you thinking? Like through your time in fantasy football, you know, I want to ask. Like, do you have a top three fa favorite fantasy football players of all time? <laughs> there was a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> this is so funny. But uh, the Denver Broncos were real good. Like they, I had like Peyton, Demis Thomas, and Wes Welker when they all played together, and they were just explosive, right? Their, their, their team, yeah. yeah. Nobody knew about. Them. Nobody. They kind of came out of nowhere because like Peyton had just when got they there. They all got really signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't really know how he was going to fit in, and uh, I mean they lost the Super Bowl that year to uh, to oh, uh, Seattle. God. They got beat. Yeah, yeah that was the, I did not uh, expect the that. Yeah. First play, yeah. But uh, no, that was like probably one of my favorite.
fantasy years because like nobody really know, knew who Damaris Thomas was. You're yeah, right. Um, nobody really knew. You're young. Yeah, like West Coast, like, oh, what's he going to do? And they're like, uh, no Sean Moreno. Yeah. yeah, no Sean Moreno. Oh, my goodness. That's a blast from the past. But yeah, yeah so like, that was probably like one, one of my favorite years to play fantasy. Okay, like, okay. Awesome, bro. Yeah, that was around the time we started getting our fantasy football league going. So you always definitely knew, like, or predicted, like, who's going to pop off. So that that's, a, that's an inherited thing, being a football player in the NFL, being in the college football, knowing how to anticipate, you know. You got to think ahead. Absolutely. When you watch players on Sunday, you see the guys who do things on purpose and right. do things by accident. Right? So, yeah. So you see, like, I can see – those <laughs> Aaron Donald, I'm a huge Aaron Donald fan, right? I know, yeah. like, I just love plays the game. But he's getting to the quarterback 10 times. You might see one sack, but seeing like one nine pressures, right? So I'm seeing how he's affecting the game. So just, I guess, watching film and being around the game and, you know, playing at that high level, you, you, you kind of see those things. But yeah, absolutely. Kinda, absolutely. Got a keen eye for what's going on. Absolutely. All right, brother, but before we dive into uh, Human Connection, you know, let's go ahead and play a quick pitcher association game. I'm going to go ahead and put nine pictures of other people up on the screen so everyone's going to see it at home. And then in just one short sentence, describe what each person means to you. And for those listening on via podcast, I'm also going to say these people's names out loud, so not to worry. Good Lord, this is going to be hilarious. <laughs> Like more set. <laughs> you can see my screen already. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you uh, you might be seeing my screen already. No. Nah. Oh, it is more set. See, I knew it. Now, 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 now. Here we go. Let's start playing this game. Just say one right, quick bro. sentence. What each person it means to you. Warren set. Warren set, dude. Inspiration. That guy made me want to play ball. OVO Drake. The boy's the goat. He's yeah. Drake. Goat, man. Yeah. He's, he's had a great run. So many bangers. Uh, I love Every time I hear one of his songs, I, it reminds me of a fun time in my life. Amen, bro. Amen. Amen. Like, he, he, like Lil Wayne passed the torch to him, and this man took it to the next level. Absolutely. Turn that torch into a bonfire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. OBO. Carrie Matheson. <laughs> <laughs> Homeland. Gosh, when I see this picture, I, I get frustrated because she did so many dumb things in Homeland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. At the same time, um, I hated the season finale. Or the, uh, oh, what? Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, I no, finally, no, I no spoilers, it. but yeah, we know, we know. Yeah. Colleen and I powered through it. <laughs> I'm crying yeah, right man. now. Yeah, yeah, man. She, she seems like she's Superman, bro. She literally, there's oh. literally a drone attack, and she somehow survives it. It's so crazy. Yeah. It frustrates me. <laughs> Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> she's a beast. Gosh, another season finale. Just freaking... Uh, uh, no, yeah, was, yeah. I'm putting it on the show. Yep. But like, yo, she was down in it. Remember how her brother used to treat her in like season one? No, yeah, Khaleesi, yeah. she's a beast. She's a beast. Yeah. Her character de development was honestly unparalleled. Absolutely. Amazing. Marty Bird. 
<laughs> Marty Bird. Hey, Marty, Marty Bird. Bird, a hustler. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, Marty. Marty Bird always figures a way out of things, dude. Always has some type of plan going on or some scheme. He's a beast. D'Antoine Rocket Williams. <laughs> D. Oh my goodness, probably the best high school football player in the state of Virginia ever. Right. But uh, mm. loved blocking for this guy. Loved shit, man. He was he was everything and more, man. Always, always nice. Always working hard. Just, just. I mean, rocket man, rocket power. Dude was awesome. Rocket power, yes, sir. The Boucher brothers. Ah, the Boucher boys. Um, gosh. I met Colin the first day of college, and I knew he was going to be one of my good friends. He's uh, gen- genuine, kind, uh, funny, and me all at once. <laughs> Wild boys, bro. <laughs> yeah, Austin, yeah, Austin's my boy, man. Oh, I love AB. Oh, man, he's awesome. Was wild. Mom and dad? Oh, man. My parents, they – uh. Shit, love, man. My dad came over to, we were taking down uh, shelves and, and ceiling fans today. But uh, love and unconditional love, that's what they mean to me. And the one and only Colleen Brown. Oh, man. That's my wife. She, ooh, she's bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> she's, oh, she's the best. Look at her. I think she's in Greece there. But, uh, yeah, I met her in college, and every day gets better as much as, I mean, we have so many things going on in our life right now, and, dude, I, I love her. Golly, she's, a, she's the best thing that ever happened to me. And brother. All right, brother, let's dive deeper into human connection. You know, thank you again for playing those, that pitcher association game, um, you know, but it's time to resonate with everyone at home. So I do want to ask as my first question, what was the toughest time in your entire life? Man, and this is I mean, a deep question, but uh, there was two times that were like pretty, pretty, like they're, they're, they're pretty tough for me. Uh, the first one, like, first one was when I got cut in Houston. First time I've ever been like cut from a team, any team or, you know, denied a job or right. <laughs> it was told basically told you that you're not good enough to do this and i thought of it as a blessing and i'm like yeah i get to go home i get to you know i can get to start my nine to five now like all right you know we gave a good run at it like i was for six months like cool like i can play with these guys like play next to jj watt play next to (laughs) cool like i can say i bet and um as soon as i got on that plane like like o'brien like sat down he's like oh you can play in this league i'm like all right appreciate it but like you're cutting me like <laughs> thank you <laughs> but like so i left and uh you know you fly home after living in a hotel for five and a half six months and you just start thinking about life you're thinking about how everybody else is they're starting their job they're uh like bro they're like living living their lives and nothing's stopping them nothing nobody's saying no Right. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And um, I got home, was living with my parents. And you go from a sign of contract. I mean, it got voided, but I had a contract for like $1.6 million. Three years, 1.6. I'm sitting there like, oh, I'm living in my child, about 
child bedroom. Like when I was a yeah. child, like my childhood bedroom. And I'm sitting there like. It was a massive reset. Yeah. You can go from Mount Everest all the way down to the, to, to the well. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, this sucks. Like I got to find a way to, to make it back. So just, you know, on Facebook and stuff. And I started like substitute teaching because I always know, I, I, man, kids are my passion, man. They're, they're awesome. And, but so I started substitute teaching and doing some odd jobs. And me and my dad, we just started bickering at each other. He was always like, like, I'm thinking I'm a grown man. I can do what I want, but I'm not, I don't have my own place. I don't have my own house. I don't have a place to rent. I don't have anything, right? So I'm living under his house, kind of live under his rules. And yeah, we almost came to blows a couple of times. I thought I was, you know, I was like, man, who you, like, I'm checking him. I'm like, yo, <laughs> who are you talking to like that? And uh, it's his house. He can talk to anybody <laughs> however he wants. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I had a tough transition knowing what to do and what to do without football. And that is, it's a tough transition right now. Like, I love that sport. I love playing it. And you know, I hated getting hurt, but we'll get to that in a little bit. That's like the second time. But finding my way back to, like, through arena football and just finding, like, a group of guys who love this same thing as much as I did, this childhood game, this, this, this innocent game that you want to play forever. And it's nobody's fault because there's so many people that are – my college teammates are like me. I was fortunate enough to get a look. I was fortunate enough, right? I have, life's all about perspective. So I'm, I'm trying to sit here and think like, my life isn't as bad as this person's like, I can't sulk. So, nah, but like, then I'm going to play arena ball and then kill, man, killing, <laughs> killing everything. I'm like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a rookie. I'm a captain. I'm, I'm setting, like, I'm leading the league and block kicks. I am, teams are gunning for me on defense. So I go down to Orlando, play for the Atlanta Predators. And uh, about four months into that, you know, I, I mean, it was just, it was awesome. I was able to, I was able to kind of make Orlando, not my city, but like I felt at home. I was like, man, this is really cool. And I was getting paid to play. So when you get paid to play something, that makes you a professional, right? So I was a professional. Yeah. Athlete. I equate, for like people listening, I equate like arena football to like AAA baseball. So you're like one step away from, playing in the majors so like once you get that call you're going to a tryout or you're going to get signed by a team that year we had four people get signed by nfl teams and i was one of them so um it come august it was actually the game you guys were at and uh had a mm. great game man. Two, two sacks in the first quarter second quarter legendary yeah legendary. picked up a bubble took it back to the house like granted it's a 50-yard field and <laughs> astral turf. magic like, man yeah, but like dude just all these highs, man, just meeting those people down there, and it was great. And I'm like, man, my life, this is great. You know what? Like, where's the adversity? Can't find it. Like, it ain't touching me. Like, <laughs> little, little, little did I know that shit was right around the corner, man. Mm -hmm. And um, so, the week after uh, it was August 25th, and Saints are in camp. I get a, my agent gets a call, calls me like, hey, the Saints they want you to. They, they need a D tackle. They had one that just got hurt. I'm like, all right. So me and four of the guys club there. Or I'm sorry, there was four of us. Three other guys. We all go up to uh, Sulphur Springs in West Virginia at the, uh, oh, it's the golf course, the Greenbrier. And um, real famous place, awesome, awesome place. Not too far from where, you know, my parents grew up, or where my grandparents live. Mm -hmm. So I get there, we have a tryout. I'm the only guy that's been playing football, 
right? They actually have been playing arena. Everybody else has kind of been sitting at home. So I get up there and we run through these tests and I'm, I'm killing it. I'm just like, we, there's sign of one of us. There's four of us there. I get through there. I'm running the L cone, running the shuttle, running my 40. Um, we bench press, they give our height, weight, we do the vert, do the broad. I mean, just blow the test out the water for a defensive tackle, right? And it, I was sitting at dinner and they were like, all right, we'll let you guys know, right? I'm sitting at dinner. They got dinner, like big catered dinner, all, every, every meal. I'm sitting there and I have zero worry in my head that I'm going to get signed and I'm going to sign a one-year deal as a, as a free agent. I have no worries at all. And it was because of my time in Cincinnati preparing for those tests at mm-hmm. the mission. Uh, shout out to them. But like before I was picked up by Houston, but uh, I just, it was like riding a bike and I knew, the, I knew these tests. I knew them. I knew them. I knew them. Right. So, um, nah, so after dinner, they call us up. Other three guys pack their bags. They fly back to where they're from. Right. One came from Texas. They, they just, one other came from Florida. They all, they all fly back and they bring me to their room. They sign me. Um, I, <laughs> I grab my bags and they outfit me for equipment. Wow. Ready to rock and roll. Uh, so you get through, get through all that. I get my playbook. I get a crash course and a playbook. I still, I still have about that fit for D, D tackles, D ends, and those cards. Right. And I go to my room uh, and I just start studying and I just go wham, wham, wham. I studied for about two hours that night so I could catch up on what I missed and studied, you know, they play a four, three. So which was a little bit different than in Houston when we were through. I was just sitting there studying, studying, studying. Yeah, we're about halfway through the book, right? Kind of catch up to where, where they are. They've been in camp for about two weeks now. Mm-hmm. And I'm already going pumped. Everybody's like, you know, showing love because, like, it just went out on Twitter that, like, I, I got signed. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I go to sleep and on cloud nine. Next day, I wake up. We have a walkthrough. Everything's good. We have a lift. Nothing, nothing crazy. There's no practice. And, you know, I get to meet the guys. I see some of the guys that I play with in Houston. And uh, they, they're awesome, man. Like, you just see – you see those guys that are still, like, in their – like, we're, like, in our early 20s, right? 22, 23, 24. So, it's like, you see those same guys. You're like, yo, what's up, man? How you been? Like, have you got signed, man? You too, man? Like, so you're just happy for each other. And, um, you know, you're really living that – you're living that dream, man. Like, you're, I'm sitting, like, like, Cameron Jordan's lockers next to me. Marcus Colston. Like, you see these guys that you – Drew Brees, man. Like, you see these guys, and you're just like – Crazy. Man. Wow. Yeah, I'm sitting there like – but it's not – and let me retract real quick. It's not Please. everything that – like, people, people are human, right? Yep. Like, TV, TV makes people look superhuman. But, yep. Like, what I always tell people, don't self-sabotage yourself, because I, I think I did this a little bit. Uh, don't self-sabotage yourself, because you're supposed to be where you're at. Like, God wouldn't put you there for, like, giggles, right? Like, he put you there for a reason because you're supposed to be there. Like, you earn the right to be there. So don't self-sabotage yourself or sell yourself short saying, like, man, like, I'm not cut out for this. Like, don't, don't, don't back down. But um, so anyways, so like, let me get back to my story. I'm rambling on a little bit. My fault. So, I'll do it, man. I'll do it. Please. <laughs> yeah, please. so, like, you know, the next day I go out to practice and it's raining. And this is so funny because I go to the practice field, which is grass, right? Bermuda. Beautiful grass. And I'm out there trying to get some work in early. So it's only me and there's another guy out there. And it's, it's Drew Brees. And I'm sitting there like, 
he drew a little he's like hey we're having practice on the lower field i'm like oh really I'm like, okay okay so i like you know, <laughs> there but it's so crazy to think that that's a a, a testament to him I mean, he's a hall of quarterback like this dude is the, one of the best to ever do it but he's still preparing like a rookie would like busting his hump like so it, it was kind of cool so i get down to practice they made me do 100 up downs that's our initiation right rob ryan was a d coordinator dennis allen was uh, in the back uh doing dbs and then uh coach johnson was doing the d-line i think he's with the rams now he, i don't know where he is but uh <laughs> so i do a, do my initiation get through get through a team period get through uh individual get through get through about i would probably say about an hour 15 minutes of practice right and we go to one-on-ones and i'm sitting here and i'm like all right let's rock and roll like you gotta like seize the day carpe diem like get, get your ass in there like Rolling, you gotta, you gotta make some noise. And I get in there, my first rep, I pivot on my inside leg, and my kneecap like just severs my patella, my rupture my patella. What happens is, you rupture your patella tendon, you can no longer bend your knee, right? That would be like breaking your knuckle here, and your leg just hangs there. So my kneecap shot up to almost where my hip is, like almost where my thigh, because it rolled all the way up my. My claw muscle. So I didn't know what happened at the time. Nothing hurt. I was just like, ah, like I felt the pop. And then a doc says, bend your knee. And I was like, doc, I can't. And he's like, oh, there's your kneecap. And it was in my quad. And I'm like, hell just happened. So, <laughs> man, that started a long road of rehab and <laughs> trying to get back to even walking. So that was, and this is where you probably cut into this because this is. Oh, absolutely. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, and, you know, you, we, we connected on this front. I remember that day you did get injured. You know, I was, I was, I was at, I was at work and I was telling like my best friend is in the NFL and like, we just saw him like bust his ass off or just ran a defensive touchdown, like, you know, <laughs> off of a block field goal. Like it was like a high, like as you described. And so, that Monday, it was a Monday. I remember that. And like, I was like, you know, I felt like, you know, you succeeding was everyone else's success, which is how inspirational that you are. Um, a friend, you know, sent me an article. It's actually Charles. So I'll call him out. He sent me an article and like, and he sent it and it showed you grabbing your knee and you got injured. And I remember walking to my desk and I was just like, I don't, I don't know what it was, but like, bro, like, boy, like, you know, you don't even need to be related to that, but I teared up a lot. I actually cry. I'm not about to cry right now saying this, you know, like, it yeah, was, but it was because yeah, it was it just, just like the, the motion just went so high up and just came so far down. It just was unbelievable. Like it was, you know, like, oh, like you went to the Houston Texans, got cut. Okay. That the, the competitive defense line, New Orleans Saints. He got a shot. He's definitely going to make the regular season team in one die. And then once I saw that, like, that that hurt a lot. And, like, you know, like, for, for us to be speaking about it today is clearly how powerful you are. But, yeah, like you said, we're getting into this now. You know, you got injured, you know, on that first day of practice with New Orleans State. I do want to ask you, you know, have you ever felt depression? Was that the time of depression? And, you know, as a follow-up question, what would that person you are today sitting in that room tell the person you were at that time so I, I don't think the depression really didn't set in until um probably like two months into my rehab 
And I realized it was going to be like an eight month rehab until I could even just get back to running again. And um, I remember going out that, that Halloween as Forrest Gump because I finally could get, <laughs> I got a couple degrees on my knees. So they put us in the head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was as Forrest Gump. And I'm like, oh, man, this is the only thing I can go as. But I couldn't. Uh, I'm in the city of New Orleans, living by myself. Right? I mean, I had a roommate, but he was playing. So he was always food. Um, so I just, man, I was by myself down there. You know, New Orleans can be a freaking, it can be a freaking ruthless place. It can be a awesome place. It can be everything, all the above. But uh, uh, yeah, depression really, I mean, it didn't, it set in because I, I think I was isolated and I didn't know where to turn. I didn't have, I had a backup plan. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to work as a teacher with kids or as a coach or doing something to help somebody, a, a greater goal, right? But I also, I would sit there at night by myself, man, and I couldn't walk. And that is like the most, kind of the most alone and lonely thing I have ever done in my life. Like, I don't wish that upon anybody. During COVID, like, I think people were going through that. So I, I couldn't even imagine, like, doing that for, for months on end. I did it for about about two months, I couldn't do anything. And I didn't want to help from anybody. I was like, no, nah, I got it. Like, you know, I can do that. Like, nice. I try to, like my parents are trying to help me out. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Like, don't worry about it. It was my right leg. So I couldn't drive. I had to hire a driver, like to, to get from point A to point B, I was get my groceries. Like it was, it was, it was crazy. It was depressing and <laughs> debilitating, dude. It was, it was, it was a trying time, man. I, but every day I went to rehab, twice a day. Uh, one session in the morning, the ice my knee down, get the swelling out. One session in the evening, um, I would get a couple degrees back every single time. So my leg would be straight. They let the tendon men back. They sewed the tendon back to the, the, the kneecap. And then every week, they just cranked on it and cranked on it and cranked on it and cranked on it and cranked mm-hmm. on it until I could do it myself. And it took, it took all of like seven months for me to just get back to, to walking properly, having the proper gait, having, I mean, running, <laughs> like jogging. And like, I feel like I, mean, I missed like a half a year of my life, like half a year of my career. Right. So it's like, like NFL stands for not for long. Like, you know, like you don't have a long time to like, to, to, to roll with it. So uh, I got out of that and, I mean, got out of New Orleans in one piece. And what was funny is, and I think about it this day, and I got to stop thinking about it. But, like, in the NFL, once you get hurt, you get put on workers' comp. Like, you get IR, and then you get put on workers' comp. And I turned it down because I was so depressed. I left my table, probably left, like, $100,000 on the table and didn't take it because I was like, I got to go home. I am depressed down here. I cannot stay down here any longer. And um, I think about it now, I'm like, you know. What's wrong with you, boy? Why you do that? <laughs> like, but hey, uh, <laughs> or or you think about it now, like that might have been the right decision. Bro. Yeah, I know. But like, yeah. you know, when you when you have when you have money, you don't think about it. When you don't, that's all you think about, right? Exactly. So, um, and you know, I think about I, that's how depressed I was down there, and it took me a while before I could kind of get out of that. And you know, I moved back home. I couldn't find a job, and and I couldn't find a job that I wanted. Let me. 
there's jobs out there that people could do. And it, some people are like, oh, you know, you got to work on weekends, so I don't want to do that. Or I got to, you know, those are odd hours. I just want a nine to five. Like, so there's, there's jobs out there, right, for people. And it's just like whether or not you want to conform your schedule or conform your life to it. So uh, yeah. I didn't want to do that. I struggled for a little bit. And I struggled finding a job. And I was a you know, substitute teacher and loved it, man. And yep. I, I was a teacher. I got into teaching. And now, like, you know, I've got my own, like, small business. And I teach. And just given all this, like, wealth and knowledge of just, Everything that I've like accumulated over, like I guess my short lifetime, <laughs> and just yeah. giving it back and learning more, learning more, and just being a sponge as much as I can. Getting, I mean, whether it's like you know financial advice or whether it is, um, you know, strength and conditioning or kinesiology advice or whether it's uh, being a young entrepreneur or whether it's any any type of advice, just being a sponge for that man. So we're good, just and, and giving it back out to everybody else. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Like from a, just from a mental health perspective, bro, you've always like even though you 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 mentioned your depression during your time in New Orleans, we never got that hint from you, right? And like you know, even like coming out of that, there's a residual depression moving back from DC, and we never got that out of you, you know. And then there was an article that came out that you were now coaching at, in, in high school and also now a PE teacher at, at Saunders. You know, like it, it showed like how much like you rebound, but like you not let any of that like depression consume you, you know, and like how you're describing it today, bro, is going to be such an inspiration for people, for so many people to like, hey, you know, as much as you think like your expectations are there and you don't meet them is not the end of the world, you know, and you recognize that and you found a calling, like you have the right to choose where you want to be. You're not going to like think about random ass sales job or like an office job sitting down on a desk you know doing random shit like you you want to find the calling that relates to you and you have a natural uh, inherent ability of being a great speaker and motivating people and like you've done that bro i remember like as corny as it is i remember sitting down in lakers middle school eighth grade you were like wolf of the year bro and like you stood in front of everybody and like i'm like oh they're my corny friend ab up there and like ab you like the way you gave your speech to everybody, it's like you was running for president at that time. I was like, my goodness. Like you were president. <laughs> Yo, I, I can't even remember who the principal was at that time. I know Miss Huckstein was there and whatnot. Yeah, but bro, like you definitely have that ability to not only voice inspiration to everybody, but to just instill it from your own experiences, right? Because not everyone is perfect in this life. You know, not everybody is perfect. And, you know, you, you definitely shown that through your trials and tribulations that there's a way to like still find a way for happiness and not let any of this consume you. Yo, bro, thank you for sharing that. That is a beautiful story because like, you know, I was so sad that day and I only know you to play football and I regret even like saying that kind of thing because you could do so much more than beyond that, like in football and being at the, the place you're at today. So, you know, bro, God bless you. That, that, is, that yeah, is a beautiful like, story. A, man. A quick hit, like what you're talking about is fulfillment, right? Fulfillment in your life. Fulfillment in terms of, and not like a monetary thing, but, and that's, that's my teeter-totter, right? I'm like, oh, that person makes a lot of money. He's successful. Mm -hmm. He's happy. 
those two things don't they don't go together they really don't like bro i know bro I, problems and i gotta get myself out of that mindset even today right e yeah. even even now i'm scared i'm like man like to be making a lot more money like that would make me more happy i'm like no find your fulfillment based on your everyday actions and what you do every single day and your passion so, bro like it. you know i know a lot of people that have money in their in the head you know like i'm i came out of here in la and like thinking about money before like helping people in fashion and i got fucked up in the head we'll talk about it in later episodes but like you know yeah. that you, ab you said it best bro and we're glad that you continue to pursue your passion outside of football that's you know beautiful thing to, to have and the strength that you have i do want to ask yeah. one more question in our in our deeper human connection section um but i I do want to say, like, you know, we're moving through a generation, right? And you're seeing all these kids and whatnot. 2017, 2018, 2019. We're in 2020 now. Social media has a power, a very big power on how the way the world is construed today. You see something happening in the world and people are, you know, it's mass hysteria. You see social media actually driving our elections. Like, it is crazy how much social media has an effect on it. But it has effect on each of us individually, our day-to-day -day lives, when we see friends doing a, you know, a certain thing, and we're like, okay, you know, he's doing that, influences us. Yeah, that's the way it is, right? People are like kind of displaying like their personal lives on a like more of a like promotional type of basis. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna like discount like, yeah, yeah, like we we all do it, right? Get it. But I wanna ask you, has social media affected you mentally when times get tough? Or does it on the counter side motivate you? No, it's a little bit of both. I think, uh, once again, the perspective, right? Like everybody goes through those ebbs and flows of, of highs and lows, right? When you're on a high and like, you're like, oh, look at that person. They just, you know, got a new car, bought a new house, uh, you know, got a new dog. Like everything on social media tries to be positive and kind of flipping the lens a little bit. If you're like, I try, I, I, mean, I try so hard, but like when you are, when you're when you post something on social media, it should be it, and you try to motivate people, and you're not talking about yourself, and you're just you know spreading positivity. I think it's a great tool. Um, I think a lot of people get stuck in the facade, and I mean, me included. You see, like you just see people with like a lot of materialistic or or doing certain type of events, and, and it's it's a bunch of everybody's like, oh, this is like good, 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 or like it's a wow, 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 wow. And something, something huge, right? And it makes you feel like you're not living your life. <laughs> so, yep. and I'm like, even, I mean, from grown adults all the way down to kids, but at least the grown adults, their brains aren't developing anymore, right? Your brain, your prefrontal cortex and your frontal cortex, they stop developing at age 25. So you have kids looking at all this stuff and they're seeing that and they're seeing this person get the new gadgets or they're seeing this person getting new shoes or they're seeing this person and you know their family might be tied up in certain circumstances where they can't get it and or they get tied to that and it's it's dangerous it def it's really detrimental and i wish we could move away from it but it is um, it's here to stay so with that being said you got to kind of control what you can control about it yeah and uh once that uh i think it's good i i think it can be for the better and and it's it's motivating but uh, everybody posts. I know guys. I know, I know other trainers, right? We're close to them, but they're they're living they're living at home with their parents. But they're looking like they're 
living in Malibu, right? Or something like some, <laughs> some uh, fabulous lifestyle. And I'm sitting here like, man, you yeah. don't have to do that. Yeah. But, but fake it till you make it is an industry driven by social media. And I think you can do during COVID, like when I say fake it till you make it, I mean like your actions every day. Yeah. If you're unsure about yourself. But uh, with social media, I think sometimes it puts other people down. And when you're showing like that, all these things, or if you're like Photoshopping or mm-hmm. you're doing something, anything you could do to motivate people is the way you should, you should run social media. I honestly think so. But amen, bro. That's just and me, like, man. No, no, amen. And I, I think you said it, said it best, right? You know, it's like to, to what, what is going to like resonate and be, you know, meaningful for everyone else right you know i could be accused of that like when i first moved to la i'm like oh i'm here in la one night you know and like blah 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 yeah. but you know like i learned over time you get you get more fulfilled and satisfied when you can feel like you're touching other people and make sure that, that these people are saying that you're you're they're being you know they're like hey this inspires me thank you for saying that you know like there there's Absolutely. no reason there's no reason why we're in a COVID era and people should be you know, flexing on what would they have and not, and then trying in that same message, it feels like it's putting other people down and be it like people have the right to do what they want to do, but we're in a time to uplift each other, bro. Like, like, and then you said it best, like, you know, if, if there's a positive message, if there's a quote, you know, like our good brother salute is best at this, you know, he shows, you know, there's these different words and, uh, uh you know, quotes and associations on like how to you know better yourself internalize and uplift right up, you know uplift people uplift each other you know like at the end of the day we're all together in this world because what is it going to be like when you all we like say you succeed and there's no one and everyone else is struggling does that feel good that doesn't feel good at all not at all you know elitism is not a thing to be happy about and so that's why you know ab i, I appreciate you recognizing like you know, the power of, uh, you know, making sure that the, what we do on social media, the actions that we do on social media actually motivates and uplifts other people rather than be detrimental. And like, you know, I'm sure you, you, you just said you've been on both ends of the spectrum and you being a teacher now, you get like both ends of the spectrum, you know, and you know, that's powerful. Yeah. You shared it. Oh, just your daily deposits, man. And yeah. your life. Talk about like just depression, health, your daily deposits, and just trying to put it, putting those like long term goals, short term goals, knock them out one by one. But staying on those paths help out, man. They they really do. So absolutely, absolutely, bro. Hey, bro. Appreciate all of that mental health session, the human connection. You know, it's very good to dive deep, and that's what the premise of all of these episodes are to come. Uh, lastly, let's close this episode on a lighthearted note. Top of mind, what was the funniest time or most laughs we had together? If you're going to bring up something where I felt... Nah, you're good. We're going to talk good, about that good. story. <laughs> we'll talk about that story later, everybody. <laughs> Bro, every time we get around each other, I mean, you know, me, you, Devin, so all, all the guys, the home, hometown guys, um, you can just look at somebody and, like, big guys, and they'll just start laughing, right? And it's just, it's, it's comfortable to be able to be myself around you guys, right? It's, it, 
sometimes like when I get in, a, in front of a big crowd, I'll feel like this need or this want to, to make everybody laugh or make everybody feel comfortable. And I don't have to do that with y'all. I can just be myself. And it is, it's legit. That is, that's when you know, like, those are your friends because I don't have to yeah. act like nobody else. I don't have to like, I don't have to like, not even, I don't even have to censor myself because y'all know who I am through and through. Like, it doesn't matter if we're arguing or if we're laughing or anything like that, but it's, it's, it's awesome. It's a, it's a great feeling to have friends. Like I have people that came to my wedding and you, you were in it <laughs> that say, I can't believe you have those friends. Like they are amazing. And I'm like, I know that we're blessed. We are very blessed to have those lifelong friendships. And like, even when you took my girlfriend in seventh grade, like, Oh my God. Like, hey, we're oh good. Like, gosh. Good. All right. I would never my bonus episode right here. <laughs> wow. But also coming in March, there's going to be a little baby Brown. And oh, my yeah. baby Brown is due. But listen, <laughs> what in the world? He did not just do that. Oh my God. AB just did listen, a big announcement right here. Listen, little baby Brown is doing Little baby Brown will know about the shenanigans that we did. <laughs> boy or girl, we don't know the gender yet. Look, boy or girl, they, he or she will know about the, the shenanigans that we did and, and what made it like true friendship. What what makes it last and what makes a bond strong between friends? So they they will know that. All right. Wow, man. What a reveal. Congratulations, you and Colleen. I didn't even know that. I feel like you should have told me that earlier, but I'm glad that you said that, bro. God (laughs) number one blessing in life, bro, is to have your family, your future family, your kids, grandkids. Like this is you know, man, bro, like a little AB or a little Colleen running around the house, man. I, I <laughs> wish we were neighbors because I can feel like I can infiltrate their mind and tell them, like, all right, this is how your daddy AB was like. Let, let's try to, like, make fun of him, you know, whatnot. <laughs> but, bro, congratulations. That is a blessing, man. Like, beautiful. Thanks bro. for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Oh, well, bro, AB, you're a real hero inspiration for so many a lot of people like myself look up to you bro thank you again for coming on the show it was a pleasure big brother excited to check out the new house uh, like i said make sure me and rosemary's invite to the housewarming doesn't get lost in the mail but hey stay safe out there keep pushing those kids at c4 and saunders the future is in bright hands with this next generation and you my good sir are leading the charge thank you so much Hey, thanks for having me on. The West Wing's always open at the crib, you know, if you need it. But, uh, nah, for real, thanks for having me on. And, hey, what you're doing is great. It's uh, opening up these tough conversations for people. And uh, everybody goes through it, right? Everybody, everybody goes through depression. And it's whether or not you talk about it and other people know about it or you keep it bottled up inside. And what we're doing in, in episode and what you're doing on, with this platform is truly going to help out people. So thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Appreciate the time. Tune in next week for our second episode featuring our great friends, Christina Gallardo. She would be discussing our powerful fitness journey within the last year. If you made it this far into the episode, we wholeheartedly thank you for staying on. Stay safe. Finish the week strong. See you all next week. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.